We are blessed to have Ellen and Karen, and I know you agree with that this morning. Well, it is good to be here, and you know what? When I woke up this morning and I saw that sun come up, and I thought to myself, there's no better place to be than right here in worship. And there's no greater group of people that I'd want to serve with than Martin Dunlap <coughs> Church. I am so glad to be one of your pastors. And I feel honored that the Lord and the bishop tapped me on the shoulder uh, to come back home. Well, Paul helps us on this World Communion Sunday in that he wants us to understand a lot of different things, and we'll be talking about that in the message. But one of those is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height of God's great love for us. Let us pray again. Lord, it is good to be in the house of the Lord, in your home. More importantly, we ask that you take up residency in our life, in our hearts. And so, Lord, use my words and our meditations together that they may be acceptable unto you. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Today is designated as Worldwide Communion Sunday. And as John alluded to, this is one very, very long table. And we share in the Lord's Supper with those around the world on this day in Singapore. Followers of Christ will enter into Holy Eucharist. And in San Diego, maybe a few hours from now, some will be sharing in communion. In Beijing, even in a communist country, there are Christians that will share in these moments together. And in Boston, Christians gather around the table. In Mexico City, while using a different language, they will be lifting up the name of Christ. And here in Macon, Georgia, we gather. And specifically at Martha Bowman, we come around the table that has been set for us. And it's appropriate that we remember on this day. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And it's important that as we enter into this this sacrament together, this sacred moment, that we recall all of the spiritual blessings that are ours in Christ. And that's exactly what we've looked at in Ephesians, as we've done an expository study of this epistle that Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, but it was really circulated, it was carbon copied to other groups of believers in that region well, we get to overhear his teaching, and it's applicable to us. Uh, help, let me help you uh, recall some of the things that we are to remember. We're to remember that we are saints, uh, not by performance, but by position. That we were once dead in our transgressions and sin, but now we've been made alive through Jesus Christ. We've been awakened to the light of Christ. And we are saved by grace 
Nothing to brag about except Christ. Plenty to brag about in Jesus Christ. And we're part of something really big. Not only was there a group of chosen people, but now, in addition to the Jews, we, all people, can enter into the salvation that is offered. And as we enter into this communion table today, let us remember that all are welcome and all can freely receive the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And so we pick up in chapter 3 and we look at, at this prayer that Paul uses. In fact, verses 14 through 21 is a prayer that Paul gives us. He prays it for the Ephesians, but for us this morning, I think it's important for us to dissect it and look at it as it is useful for us. And most of all, as we look at this prayer, it's important for us to remember that above all else, we are loved. We are loved by God. So you have your message notes in your bulletin. I invite you to follow along, and if you want to, you can fill in where there are blanks. He writes, I pray that our glorious riches, that in His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being. God not only knows our need for strength, the Lord wants to give you and me that strength. God wants to make us stronger in our faith, in our faith walk. You've experienced that strength he's talking about as he opens this prayer. Even when it made no sense that you had it. The facing a difficult challenge and you had a sense of peace. Contending with personal grief and you were comforted by the Holy Spirit. It was almost unexplainable. A strength that comes from beyond yourself. And he is saying very simply, I want you to have I want you to know that inner strength that you can have in Christ. And then he goes on to say that Christ may dwell in our hearts. So that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. That you may have Christ, that strength coming from Jesus Christ. Not just the idea of Christ. But the person of Jesus Christ dwelling in your heart. Well, let me give you an example. There's a big difference. There is a contrast between someone who may be passing through town visiting with me and someone who takes up residence. In other words, in a couple of weeks, Delia's cousin and her family are going to visit with us over the weekend. And we're going to have to make accommodations for them. Uh, we're going to have to get the house clean. Uh, we're going to have to get some things in order. Uh, we're going to have to get the, can uh, the, the uh, pantry full. But you know what? Making accommodations for them passing through is nothing like bringing three newborns home. Thank God separately. But yes, bringing them home and making accommodations for someone to take up residence with us. And sometimes I really believe that those of us who come to the church simply allow Christ to...
to pass through when He wants to take up residency. He wants to, to dwell in our hearts. He wants to make Himself home in us. And so Paul's prayer is that you would have inner strength, that Christ would dwell in your hearts and that you may be grounded in love. The verse says, being rooted and established in love. I mean, have you ever tried to keep cut flowers alive? You just can't do it a whole long time. I mean, there's, not, there's not a lengthy period of life for them. And our faith often looks that way. And, and what happens is when there's not a root system the plant withers and dies. And we can be religious without Jesus Christ in our hearts. It's one thing to know about God. It's another thing to be deeply rooted in God's love. And so, so Paul sets us up with this beautiful prayer saying, I want you to be strengthened in Christ. And, and that strength comes when Christ dwells in your heart. And, and that Strength needs to be rooted in God's love. Because that's when you'll flourish. That's when you'll grow. That's when you'll begin to see fruit. And so he sets the stage for what I believe is probably the most important part of his prayer. Look with me at Ephesians 3, verse 18. Together with all the Lord's holy people, it's His prayer that we would grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Well, let's break this down. He says, I want you to know this love that surpasses all knowledge. It surpasses any other kind of love that we know. Any other kind of love that we've experienced. What Paul is saying is, I want you to try to comprehend the incomprehensible. One of my tasks at home was to flip the king-size mattress. You ever tried to do that by yourself? It's kind of tough, i got to tell you. And I pulled the kids in to help me, but I was able to pull it off. But by myself, there was no way I could get my arms around that thing. Now, if you give me a single, maybe a double, not, not a queen, but a king, there's no way to get your arms fully around that thing to flip it. And so you just kind of got to grasp it. you got to lay hold of it. And in the same way, God's love is so expansive. God's love is so infinite. It's beyond what our cognition can, can understand. And, and so what he's saying is, it is mammoth. It's huge. But even in its immensity, even in its expanded state. I want you to, to lay hold of that because it's offered to you. 
and grasp it. Reach out for it. As it's reaching out for you. A father and a little girl moved through a very difficult time in their lives. The mother had cancer. She died. And, and after the service and after the graveside ceremony, the father said, let's do something special together. What would you like to do? Let's take a special uh, vacation to kind of get our bearings, to kind of uh, work through this. And so they chose a cruise. While they were on the cruise, one beautiful day, they looked out over the deck. And somehow they began to reflect on the mother and the mother's life and what she had met. And it was a healthy conversation. And it segued and transitioned into the love of God. The mother had great love. And naturally, they began to talk about God's love. And as they were standing on that deck, the little girl asked, Daddy, how big is God's love? And with that, he said, I want you to look as far as you can see. And there is the horizon, but, but it's infinite. It's farther than you can see. It's longer than our sightline. And and look to your right as far as you can look, and look to your left as far as you can look. And she, she did, and she, she peered out both ways. And he said, it's farther than that, than the width of what you can see. They said, I want you to look down. And they leaned against the rail very carefully, and she looked, and, and he said, I want you to think about how deep this ocean is. God's love is deeper than this ocean. And so in a wonderful way, he took the environment to help explain to this precious little girl something that is unexplained. But then, out of nowhere, she says, lifting her arms as high as they go, lifting them and, and stretching them as wide as they would go. She said, and Daddy, isn't it great that we're right here in the middle of it? <laughs> you see, it was at that moment I think she laid hold of it. She began to grasp and Paul is saying that this love is wide. Wider than we could imagine. It's longer than we could ever see. It's deeper than the depths we could even think of them. And yet this geometry of love and grace has with it even in the infinite nature of God's love, something tangible that reaches out to us. God's grace and mercy. And when you look at the dimensions 
of that love. Unfortunately, some of us have those dimensions and they get distorted. And our geometry becomes skewed. Maybe it's because our love receptors were damaged along the way. And so it's very difficult for us to receive the love. And we may feel unworthy. The other extreme on the spectrum is we may ignore that love and feel as though we don't need it. Today there are those that have entered this place and you're, you're wondering, can God love me? Can God really go that distance? Can His love really stretch that far? answer is yes. He went the distance when he went to the cross. That old rugged cross. But someone may be asking, you don't know how far away from home I've been. Could it be that I've strayed beyond love's outstretched hand? Could it be that, that his grace no longer stoops to hear my cry? Will He still reach for me in spite of who I've been, in spite of who I am? And you know what? In a wonderful way, through salvation history, the reality is this. God couldn't stand the distance. He wanted to draw near to us. His great love compelled Him to draw near to us. And so He sent His only begotten Son. And in that same spirit of reaching down, entering space and time and dwelling in our midst, His Holy Spirit still lavishes a great love upon us. And in your message notes, you'll see just a couple of things that help us to get to that point of laying hold. And, and one is admitting the need. I need God's love. My love has become dysfunctional. My love is imperfect. My love has become conditional with the people around me. And so I need God's love. And I've never really allowed God's love to fill that void in my life. And then to accept that truth that God really does love me. And it may be in your life that some people have not communicated that well to you but let me say, God's love is unconditional. And then to activate that love, to allow it to become realized and functional, accept it. Now look at the benediction with me. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. It closes out this beautiful prayer. By saying, I want you to have an inner strength. And I want you to invite God to take up residency in your heart, to dwell in your heart. And I want you to be rooted in this love that is beyond comprehension. And now to Him who is able. God is able to do anything He wants. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond. Get that? That's like three positive adjectives or adverbs. To do far more abundantly beyond all we could ask or think 
according to the power that works within us. Now think about that. Somebody asked me this week, Tim, what does it mean for God to do something far more abundantly beyond something we could ever ask or think? I said, look at me. I'm in the ministry. There were many people that never imagined or could think that I would enter the ministry. <laughs> I'm an example of how I can take someone with limitations and brokenness and say, I want you to do something far more abundantly beyond anything, Tim, you could ever dream of. According to that power that works within us, to Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. There's our world communion Sunday. There's our worldwide connectedness at this Eucharistic table, a table of thanks, a table of mystery where God somehow visits us and is still visiting us. So here's a question for us. Let's say we lay hold of that love. What would happen if we really began early stages to understand the love of God? What would that look like in our lives? How would that transform us? Well, I believe it's in that benediction that God would do far more abundantly beyond what anyone ever would ever think could happen through a wonderful church like Martha Bowman Church. I believe that God wants to do far more abundantly the things that you could not even think about or ask. Because His great love is immense. So he wanted to show us his love, and he did that in a wonderful way. But he said, this is my body, broken for you. This is my blood, shed for you. And he opened up his arms, and he died. And when we catch a glimpse of that, we begin to lay hold. We begin to comprehend the incomprehensible. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.